Welcome to the Sanctuary Podcast. Angel Deer is a medicine man and offers his work on sacred land through shamanic healing, energy healing, sound healing, breath work, plant medicine, and workshops and events. The Sanctuary is a community for all those who seek healing transformation, ancient wisdom, and a place to come together to create a new way of living and relating. This is the Sanctuary Podcast, and this is Angel Deer. So good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us again on this uh, new podcast. So I'm really excited today because um, I have a great guest uh, joining me, uh, Raven, and you probably have seen uh, the description about her. You know, she's a, a spiritual teacher, a healer, child reader, and many other things, and she has written many books on spirituality. Uh, and we are going to talk about fulfilling your spiritual mission. So good morning, Raven. <laughs> How are you? Good. How are you doing nice today? Good to you. Good. Thanks for being here. So, Absolutely. Raven and I, and I just want to introduce the conversation, we had this discussion about how difficult it is sometimes to find your spiritual mission when you have a lot of religion dogmas around you, when maybe the shame of coming out as who you are might be too painful and you might stay you know, in the closet and we'll be talking about that. Also, I, we want to talk about the, the reconciliation of religion, and shamanism, and healing. You know, very often those paths have been separated and have been at war with each other. Uh, but I think we are coming to a time today where we can fulfill our spiritual mission, our purpose, and still, you know, be aligned maybe with the religion of our parents and maybe find a way to build those bridges. So I'm very interested to, uh, to talk about that. Uh, but first, you know, Raven, I think uh, what I'd love to hear about uh, you is how did that subject of uh, fulfilling your spiritual mission and the struggle and shame associated to it came about in your life and on your own path as a, as a healer? It's a big question. Uh, but the real, the, the real aspect for me was that I grew up in fundamentalist Christianity. So that was the beginning point for my development as a healer. I just didn't know it at the time. My mm-hmm. family was a very strict Christian family, and I had to find my way through that religion that I held so dearly to my heart. But when I came out in college as a gay woman, that's what changed everything. It was almost as if the aspect of my sexuality was the boat that turned my direction in life, which I didn't even know at the time. Uh-huh. Because there's a real schism between evangelical Christianity and being gay. And I had to find my way out of my parents' religion. I'm, I'm guessing I would have done that even if I hadn't come out as a gay woman. It probably would have found its way uh-huh. in another aspect of my life. But it was a long time before I actually realized that my sen- deep sensitivity was a gift of being the healer. And it, that was actually in my 30s that I really started to discover that after I came out of the closet, but it's a very difficult path. It takes many years to get through the layers. Yeah, it's, it's true. And, and do you think really, uh, I mean, uh, it's interesting. You mentioned the fact of being gay also, but it's mm-hmm. really, uh, the feeling I had, you know, when I had to come out as a healer <laughs> in right. my family or my close friends, you know, sometime, 
was a little bit feeling the same, even if I never experienced that, you know, in terms of my sexuality. But there was uh, a lot of judgments. There was people that turned their back and sure. just disappeared of my life. There was a feeling, I would say, of uh, not being okay, uh, being different, but not like normal. Um, there was a feeling that it was not right, that, you know, the way to be, there's a certain way to be, there's a certain way to mm -hmm. be, there's a certain way, I guess, to pray and, uh, to, uh, go to a temple or to a church and there's certain gods that are okay and some that are not. And it find in that twilight zone where it's like, well, it's a calling, it's that belief that's burning inside and, you know, and it become more and more painful and it become to a point where, To me, it really made me challenge a lot religion vs. spirituality. Yes. And what's the difference of it? So, and I'd, what, what's your view on that? I mean, how do you see the two opposing each other or bridging towards each other? I think it's a subject that many people always ask, what's the difference? Mm -hmm. Well, for me, I, I filter it through the lens of Christianity. So I know that there's lots of different religions that are probably listening to your show But that's really been my experience that they are in opposition. And if you look back in the history of how healers and people who were in the magical arts were treated by the church, it's really not hard to figure out why there's such an opposition to it. Because yeah. Christianity says there's one way to believe in God. And, and the church that I grew up in was very patriarchal. So it was not only me trying to fit around this image of God as a male with no, no discussion of God as female. And trying to figure out how, what do I do with this great sensitivity that people are making me feel bad about? Because like you, when I was a child, people would say to me, oh, you're so intense. You're so sensitive. Why do you take things so personally? Because <laughs> they would be, you know, and I realized this thinking about it as an adult, that people were scared being around me because I saw right through them. Like I knew when people were lying to me. I knew when they were trying to take advantage of me. I knew what they were about. And that was, that's very threatening to people who want to stay in a certain box. and. And yet I was like, what's wrong with me? Um, but that's not really, I think as an adult, you have to decide what ideology or uh, belief system works with who you are now and not try to fit yourself around something that may not work. The church made it easy for me. The church that I was in, they basically said, you're not wanted here. <laughs> so okay, so yes, I had, to, I had to, okay. <laughs> like, that, there was no trial. Yeah, no trial there. <laughs> Thanks for making it crystal clear. And so that from that point, I had to find my, my new tribe. It's finding yeah. your new tribe. Yeah, that's very interesting. I think when you mentioned that, you know, there is this feeling of uh, control in, mm -hmm. instead of empowerment of people. It's true that if you recognize your own gifts, if somehow you discover that you are guided because we are all divine, we all have that flame inside that move our hearts, you know, that, that, that move our breath, that we are able somehow to heal ourselves. We are able to, you know, to take control of our lives. And there's something very beautiful and empowering that I found, you know, in the native uh, shamanism practices. But also, I think what interests me today is that I'm very interested about the Franciscan teachings. So you mm -hmm. speak about Christianity and, and uh, the life of St. Francis and what he's talking about. And a lot of his prayers, a lot of his message is that reconciliation of all living beings. Right. You know, he said, praise be you, my Lord, in all living things. You know, he, he, he prayed to the moon, he prayed to the wind, he prayed to the sun, he called them brothers and sisters. Uh, he talked to the fire, uh, which in so many ways, you know, is a very shamanic practice, a very ancient practice. And, and somehow, Francis, St. Francis is uh, one of the major saints 
uh, or that religion. So somehow what I'm really looking at today is like, is there a lot of elements somehow in that religion that are okay with the practice that you are doing today? Is completely okay, obviously, with your sexual preferences or uh, what, how you want to be in, in, in your life. Uh, but somehow part of that religion, you know, has tried to control people and say, well, you have to be that way. Sure. You, there is holy places and non-holy places. There's holy people and non-holy people. Right. There is, you know, the sacred is in some places, not in every places, where other type of spirituality, and I'm not only talking about Christianity, we could talk about Judaism or even the Muslims' uh, religion. Uh, if you look at Sufism, it also has that aspect, mm-hmm. extremely mystic, where uh, the divine is in everything. So somehow I felt that all those currents of religions, all those big religions have in their core, in their original message, uh, that a notion of inclusion, that notion of compassion, that notion of really recognizing uh, that everything was created by God, you know, if you want to put it that way. But somehow men that are imperfect, and when I say men, I mean men and women, sure. uh, that are imperfect, somehow at some point transform that message into a, a unique agenda. Right. And I believe that the church as well is being called upon to change because the issue with having the certain ideology of fundamentalism or evangelical Christianity is that this is the only way. This is the only mm-hmm. path. And if you take, if you deviate in any way that you're going basically to hell, I mean, it's, you know, they say it in different ways now, but that's, that's pretty much here are the rule, hard and fast rules. So everybody needs to change here to be open to a new message because how scary is it to say we can reach God or we, we are God in any aspect of religion that you want to embrace that we're all God. It's, it's, it provides empowerment and freedom, but it's also terrifying to people. And it's terrifying to an institution that needs to have people be under a certain type of control and money and things like that. You know, the new age community can be like that as well. It's not, just, it's not just Christianity. The New Age community can be like, this is what it means to be spiritual. You don't belong in yoga class. This is, what, this is what you're supposed to wear. This is what it means to be a psychic. There's a lot of judgment in the woo world as well. So I don't want to make it seem like Christianity is bad and the woo world is great. No, and I'm glad you, men- <laughs> no, I'm glad you mentioned right. that. You're right. You're right. In every occurrence, you know, there is yeah. people that, that at some point disconnect. And I think it's a, do you think it's a compass somehow on, uh, because I want to now talk a little bit more about how do we find that that calling, you know, how do we connect to who we really are? Mm-hmm. And do you think there is somehow uh, in all those currents of either religions or new age things, a compass where we can say, well, if there is this connection from others, if there is a feeling that we are either superior or kind of, you know, yeah, a bit better, I would say. Uh, then we are on the wrong path. And somehow our religion, our belief system, or our spirituality has something that's a little bit tinted with, with ego, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember reading recently in a book where a woman who is a past life regressionist talked about some, a man who liked to kick back and drink beer and he didn't have any spirituality. His wife, his wife was complaining, why can't he be spiritual like me? Because she was on a path and doing all the right things or what she thought was the right thing. And it was basically, this guy had already mastered spirituality. He just wanted to come to earth and kick back. Like he was already a master. He was like, whatever, I'm just going to hang out on the planet, which is, which kind of shows you in a funny way that you never know who are the avatars and the ascended masters on the planet. 
because even Jesus was rejected by his own people. He couldn't, he wasn't recognized. So you never know who, who is who you never know who the spiritual masters are. And usually the ones who, who say that they're the avatars or the spiritual masters are probably ones that you want to look at a little bit more closely. And, uh, and the church is guilty of that as well, but it's not just the church. And I, I do think we're going through a huge shift of consciousness now, a huge opening to things of the spirit. And people have to decide, um, do I leave my parents' religion? Do I stay? Does it sit with my belief system? Does it not? And, and that's the heroine's journey because you have to leave your family go out into a strange world, conquer the dragon, whatever, you know, go through all your trials and then come home a changed person. And, and most people don't want to go on that quest because it's, it's really scary. And so mm-hmm. I think the disconnect comes from, you think you can jump from A to B and become a spiritual person or something. And it's almost like we are a spiritual person, but where do we disconnect from being with other people and understanding that they're just as spiritual? Like I always tell people in my classes when I teach uh, you know, tarot readings or magical arts. It's like, just because you're intuitive doesn't make you any more special than anybody else. Like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't mean anything. You're just gifted in one way and you, and your devotion is required. Yeah. It's, you are the whole bone, you know, that's what right. you learn in Reiki and other, you know, right. practices is, you know, it's not you, it's something bigger, way bigger than you that's walking through you. Right. And you're kind of landing your body, your physical body, because you are in the physical form for that magic to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I was preparing the, the talk today and, and our discussions, I was reading about native traditions that have kind of bridged towards the big religions. And especially uh, some native Indians, you know, because they met Christianity, um, you know, four or 500 years ago when Christianity came here in, in, in America. Some Indians, I was reading about the Yaki Indians, for example, started to develop some kind of mixed practices where they do uh, what's called a deer dance. So they imitate a deer and they wear a deer mask and they mm. connect to the, to the deer energy and to the deer medicine. But at the same time, they bring the Christ and the cross, you know, in their practices. Uh, on the cross and the Christ there, they add flowers and, and it's like flowers that are dropping also from that mm. cross. So there's a lot of imagery with the natural world that's being mixed with, uh, I would say, the imagery of the great religions out there. And uh, the other example I was looking at is the Santo Daime Church, uh, right. which is, you know, a very developed church in Brazil, uh, you know, with a lot of very interesting people going there. And, but a practice which is also anchored, once again, probably in the, in the church or, you know, in Christianity in many ways, but which is mm-hmm. using native knowledge uh in this specific case uh, the use of of plants uh during their ceremony during the mass mm. uh, why they still singing christian songs and in many many ways and i know because i lived it in my own past you know people that are maybe on just one path find that a little bit disturbing and they're like yes. well this is not shamanism or this is not christianity or you know this is not the way to practice but I feel to me, when I'm looking at that, I see hope and possibility of bridges and reconciliations. Yes. To bring back those two practices together and to really bridge into, okay, who am I? You know, I might want to pray to Christ, but I might also to touch a tree and pray to a tree or to a river because I'm very moved by it. Right. Um, so was that discussion even possible for you, I would say, in your household? Or is it possible <laughs> No, uh, there are no possibility <laughs> like that. No, because again, you have to understand that the the particular Christianity that I come from, and there are many different denominations, many different ways of approaching 
Christianity, and this isn't even Catholicism, this is, you know, Christianity in terms of evangelicals um, believing that the literal, it's a literal Bible. Um, it would take a lot of change to be able to say, you know, let's pray to a tree or let's see God in, in nature, because there's a real set of rules that you follow. And I think that there are a lot of open-hearted Christians that want to learn more about experiencing God in a different way. And there's a whole segment of the church, mainly their female population, that needs to make their way back to the goddess. And mm-hmm. so God is recognized as both male and female, the church will always have the schism. They'll always have an issue because mm-hmm. the divine feminine is being rejected. And if you do reject the divine feminine, then you're only working with half an engine. So it's like, eventually there's going to be some type of reconciliation there. And I think that's where the healing is going to come in. I, I see it happening now. It's just slow moving. And I, I think that it's going to take a few generations before that happens. You're listening to The Sanctuary Podcast with Angel Deer. While you're listening, browse the website at www.thesanctuaryheal.com. And one of the things that it's interesting is, so once we're on that path, and we've probably all been raised in some ways with one of the bigger religion. I mean, I, I guess a lot of people that I know that listening to, to me and, you know, and I, that I see, I've been raised in a family that is either Jewish or uh, Christian or come from one of the bigger religion, or there is no religion at all. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we somehow move towards our own truth, our own spirituality, while also uh recognizing what has been learned what's not properly ours i would say but why not also disconnecting from others because you know once again if that path is a path of art opening if the path of inclusion you know if we yes. were more ready to reconcile how do we lead the way here to be able to bring back uh everyone together say you know what god is in everything and he has many languages and that's what when i was in india you know the mm-hmm. I remember people were telling me, oh, it's just different names for gods. You know, some people use that name. And, you know, uh, Indians have millions of gods. Right. And so they can see God in everything. And that's what's, I think, beautiful in their religion. So they don't mind that you go in their temple and pray mm-hmm. for the Christ. Uh, they don't mind that you pray for an object uh, because it has those many, many shapes. But how do we do it in our culture, in the Western world, where uh, religion traditionally are a bit more tight, even if they are opening, how do we reach out? And how do we create those bridges, Brady? Well, we're in a very, uh, let's just call it juicy time in America, where we have a lot of conflict coming up and where conflict and triggers are happening. That's where healing happens. So uh, I, I feel like, you know, it, we can have faith because faith belongs to every religion. We can have faith in, in believing in our purpose and our spiritual mission here. And I do believe that the healers, can go into churches like Reiki healers are being more accepted. Energy work is being more accepted in the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. And we can create groups that bring in people who have been rejected by the church who still want to maintain a Christian faith. You know, I'm not one of the people who are going to go in and, and change the Christian church, but there are many feminists like Glennon Doyle Melton and other, other women who are out there one by one changing the, the dynamic and the energy of the Christian church without taking away from the message. And, and then I think some people need to understand maybe they have to look at their denomination and say, okay, does this fit with me anymore? Maybe I should find a more inclusive church. Maybe I'm not the problem. Maybe it's my church that's the issue. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. evolved past what I think I sh- where I should be with Christianity. So the healing I need, needs to happen both in our choices and also in um, where we are on the path, I think. So 
the healers right now, I believe, should really be focused on keeping themselves grounded and be able to keep in mind the long-term view of things and not freak out about where the world is going because we don't know where the world is going. Where, where the world is going is where we're putting our thoughts and our intentions. That's where the world's going. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. so I mean, ha- maintaining that faith and spirit and whatever that means for you and finding your tribe, I think, is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, I think labels can be very difficult. Labels, labels are hard. <laughs> putting that on spirituality, that's where, we, that's where we have our problems. You're completely right. I think those names that we use and you know the God name or the labels mm-hmm. and all of that definitely put us in, in, in boxes, you know. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like the fact you mentioned the tribe because it's true that for me at some point where I would say things were falling apart on maybe my belief system that I had and that things was arising inside me in terms of calling, which was very different from just go practice somewhere with different tradition. At some point, there was that shift from being interested into something by being pushed into it, you know, like something was really pushing me. And, and really, I think that's, that's part of the, of the past. At some point you got that great calling and, and however painful it is to leave your tribe, to find your new tribe, you cannot leave your village, you leave your family, you leave your tribe and, and you cannot start standing out there for what you believe. But for the people that are listening to us today, you know, I, I would love to hear, maybe a couple of advice or, you know, three, four advice and tips that you have when we are at that frontier, at that border. And sometimes it can feel very alienating. I know because I experience it, you know, we can feel very, very lonely, uh, not understood. Uh, what are the ways or what are the things we can do to really fulfill our spiritual mission? Because I believe we are here for that. And that's, that's the title of the, of the podcast today. How do we fulfill that spiritual mission? How do we hear it? How do we step into it? What are the things that we can really do to do that? I think the, uh, it's interesting when you talk about that, as I'm reminded when I was a born-again Christian, you know, we, we were separate from the rest of the world, and we actually felt misunderstood as well. We felt like we needed to find our tribe, because when you become a saved or born-again Christian, you're separate from other people in the world, because they're unsaved, basically. So it's all about kind of finding your tribe and getting understood and being able to be a part of something, that mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. But that also takes away from the inclusiveness and listening to other people, because um, I, I think being connected to other people, and, and believe me, I'm not, I'm not perfect with all this. I've struggled and dealt with my own issues. With oh, you are human too. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm very human. But, you know, it, it's, um, it's allowing people to believe whatever they want to believe and not, in, not injecting your own belief system of this is how you need to believe. It's like, do whatever you want. You know, as long as you're not encroaching on my freedom and I'm not encroaching on your freedom, that's the beauty of it. Like, it's okay. I don't have to be your friend. I don't even have to sit around and braid your hair. It's like, we can be in the same existence together without tormenting each other. Like, let's just get away from, how about we just get away from the torment and, mm-hmm. and, and stop thinking that everybody's bad because they don't look or sound or, or be like us, whether it's new age or Christianity or another religion. Um, and, and I think it's a process for sure, because a lot of people too want to just stay in what they know because they don't want to disappoint others. They don't want to disappoint their family members, their parents. They don't want to let their children down. They don't want to say to their kids, believe what you want. So there's a lot of uh, social pressure here too. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Probably, probably that is a social thing is one of the yes. hardest things to fight because it's right. really like there's this moment where you haven't found your new tribe yet and you mm-hmm. have to leave the old tribe. Right. 
And I think, you know, this triggers very old memory for 50,000 years ago, you know, when we were in the tribe for survival and you're mm-hmm. feeding the tribe, meaning dying, you know, that's really what happened. Right. Uh, and they say that's why there is fashion and we all buy the same thing so we can feel we belong to right. <laughs> that feeling of feeling very safe there. Sure. And, and somehow that discovery of the past is being completely okay of being unsafe, being like mm-hmm. really surrendering to a greater power that is going to, to, to take us and uplift us uh, and carry us to right. the next destination. And I guess that's how the only way we can build that true faith, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the moment of uncertainty, in the moments of, you know, where nobody really believes anymore, we have to because there is no other choice there. Right. And that's a powerful, a powerful moment. I want to, to just mention something because I think he was coming and, you know, we use the word shaman and shamanic a lot. And uh, there's plenty of colors on the world and plenty of definitions. And, you know, I heard people sometimes say, well, you cannot really call yourself that way, you know, because you're not coming from native uh, population. I mean, myself, I'm French, you know, so obviously, mm. well, it's not like that. And, and in fact, uh, when you talk to shamans and people in the native tradition, they say, well, you're all shamans. Mm-hmm. You all have ancestors in Europe, uh, in Asia, in Africa, wherever you're coming from. Those are lands where there have always been a tradition of people working with, with plants, working with a community, being the doctors of and health and wellness of their, of their village, of their tribe. And so you all have shaman blood. And some, one day an elder said, well, if you bury your dead people into Mother Earth. You're a native. Hmm. That's why we see it. <laughs> Don't, she was like, "Don't you put all your dead bodies into back into Mother Earth? So you're native like us. We form right. the same mother." And I found that definition very profound and very beautiful, and kind of unifying of everyone. Uh, what do you think of the terms and what terms do you use? Do you use the term just healer? Do you use shaman? And, and do you have, do you think there is so much weight in those world that sometimes also that, that coming out is maybe harder to say, Oh, I'm just a wellness coach, for example. Right. Well, that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the big problem is that, you know, people think I have to have a label for my spiritual purpose. I have to be this, this, or this before I can offer my services to the world or be who I want to be. And, I remember very distinctly, I met a a tarot reader down in Florida who I thought was some homeless guy, honestly. And he pulled out a tarot deck and we would get to know each other. We would read it at a picnic table. And he would look at me, he looked at me one day and he said, Raven, you're a healer. You're none of those other names. Don't get caught up in any of that. You're a healer. Just call yourself a healer. You use tarot cards. And that made it so simple for me because I thought, oh, healer really encompasses uh, everything. And anybody can be a healer. You know, I always say the checkout girl at Walmart is a healer if she's nice mm-hmm. to someone. You know, it does not mean just because I have it on my website that I'm a healer. Mm-hmm. A shaman to me is a magical uh, practitioner who looks into the unseen world. That's what tarot readers do. That's what seers do. That's what anybody who works with divination. We look beyond what is the physical form. And, mm-hmm. and I think all of us uh, who are interested in this have done it before. I'm a big believer in past lives and parallel lives. So I think the connection back to the church too is also people going back into the church and being uncomfortable there because many of those people were were suffering and, and tormented and, and crucified or burned by people in the church. So they're going back to face that again in the church. And I think they're trying to heal that as well. 
because they bring their magical arts or their energy back into a system that was their, you know, persecutor at one time. So I think being a, a magical person or a healer, we're, we're, be able to, we're able to take all of those experiences, the painful experiences and the wounds, and transmute them. That's what a shaman does. You transmute the pain into the bomb. And, yeah, and I, so right. you feel that in, in many ways that shame and that struggle is essential uh, on the path, really, on the coming out, on, on maybe developing even that empathy or that compassion for others. Right. Uh, that crushing of the ego, like we say very often. You know, to me, I really very often feel on that path that those are essential elements and my greatest teachers in so many ways because mm-hmm. they, they push me towards more inquiry. Uh, so do you feel that too? I do, because well, all of us are going to be wounded and feel pain in our lives, mostly in childhood, and we have to decide what we do with it. Generally, you become a victim, uh, you become someone who wants to hurt others, or you may become a, a person who uses that pain to help yourself and other people. You have to decide what to do with your pain. Everybody's going to have pain. Mm-hmm. So it's really taking that pain and using it to help yourself and others and release people from suffering. Help them, guide them to releasing themselves from suffering. Yeah. And what's wonderful, you know, is that I always see a parallel here with all the great saints of the church that all went through a great deal of suffering. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All That's of them, the mark you know, of a healer. They, they were healers and they were, you know, like you said, the healers in their own ways. It could be mm-hmm. meeting people, by talking to people, by, by building a community. Uh, in many ways, we can be healers, you know. We don't have just to do Reiki or some healing sure. heart. Uh, some, you know, people that are teaching schools are definitely big hitters. You know, they are helping kids to go through their childhood and to grow up. And there's many ways out there. But somehow when I look at the great saints, they had a high amounts of suffering. Yeah. From St. Therese de Lisieux, you know, St. Francis that I mentioned earlier. Uh, many of the saints had to go through a life that was very difficult. So somehow there's this parallel here, which I find quite beautiful, in fact, in many ways. Uh, showing the similarity mm-hmm. of those paths so alike. And yet, or even the rejection, of, we talk about Christianity a little bit more, but we say, well, the Christ was rejected for his belief system mm-hmm. and was killed and crucified for that. So it's somehow interesting to see that there's this parallel, you know, wherever we're looking at, that getting closer to our truth very often doesn't always fit with what's around us. And he's right. going to come with some kind of suffering, but they somehow know the way. Right. I mean, if you look through the Old Testament, it's a, it's a legacy of rejection. <laughs> so the prophets were rejected. Moses was rejected. You know, we, they rejected from the Garden of Eden. So it really is this issue of, you know, how do you make your way back to who you truly are? And the mark of the healer is the wounded, you know, the wounds. It's the wounded healer. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's the gift. And it's not easy to go through, but I do believe that we come down on the planet knowing what we're doing. Our souls know what they're doing. I think there's a plan in place and we come down to try and fulfill it. And, and then we do our best to fulfill it. Yeah, there is a plan. And uh, I think I want to finish by that because I know you wrote a book called uh, Christian LGBT Kids. You are part of the plan. And I think, you know, it's beautiful title. Uh, which truly, I think there's a energy of compassion there and beautiful empathy, you know, for people going through differences. And I want to go beyond if it's just that title, but say, can you talk to me a little bit about that? So 
that view of being part of the plan that we all hear, all people listening, you know, whoever you are and what you believe in, don't believe that you're somehow broken and you need to fix yourself to go back into other people's plan. Right. Well, that was from uh, Dan Savage and Terry Miller's books that they put out. It gets better. So I was one of, I was lucky enough to be one of the essays to be in that book. Okay. And, and as soon as they started putting out their requests for videos, I knew that I wanted to talk to Christian kids because I feel like being gay or tra- being transgendered or whatever your, uh, you know, way that you express yourself on this planet is part of the divine plan because God wants to live through us. God wants to experience creation through us. Creation is a process and we keep continuing and create on and on and on. And being a part of this diverse planet is including kids who feel rejected by the church because they don't fit in that one paradigm that says you have to be this before we accept you. So it was really important for me to to say I understand because I've been through that rejection. And embracing who you truly are, that's a life of integrity. And that's the only way you're going to get through this life with balance and being, uh, you know, compassionate and have a, have a good life. Otherwise, it's going to be very difficult. Yes. And, you know, I think, I mean, I see a lot of hope with a new Pope, you know, of the church that, mm. that is really having messages that really reach out to different communities and, and trying to change, you know, like any old institution they are hard to change. I mean, we know if our very big family, look at our own family, if we try to change our family, right. we can take many generations. Yeah. So, you know, we, we know that is best. So do you think the next step maybe is a, is a female pope, you know, one day? Or are we seeing... You know, I, I believe there was going to be a female president two weeks ago. So life is surprising. <laughs> <laughs> that will come. You know, that will come. You can't stop the train. But, you know, with every reaction, action, there's a reaction. So now we're going back a bit. So imagine what's going to come after this energy. Imagine what's coming with all of this riling mm. up of, of, of passions. Look at all of the change that's coming already. So that's why I tell people, don't forget to remember how powerful you are. Stop worrying and complaining and thinking that it's going to go a certain way because you never know how this is going to swing. And you're in control of your destiny. You know, the thing is we can't control every, we can't control a lot of aspects of life, but what we can control are our reactions to things. So mm-hmm. our ener- I always tell people, you know, our, what we put out matters. Our energy matters, our thoughts, our words. It's always changing the vibration of the planet. And, and now is the time to be more positive than ever. Call it pie in the sky, but it does work and it does matter. It is time to fulfill your spiritual mission. There has never been a better time than that. Absolutely. We chose a really good time to come here. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Raven. It was really wonderful. That We really hardly touched the subjects. I know there is like a lot of uh, aspect to that discussion, but I hope, you know, we, we gave people some ideas and ways to, you know, look at their own spirituality. Uh, I always encourage anybody I work with to reach back to their family, you know, even if they've been very dogmatic and to try to see it's our, it's our mission to, you know, on that path to make sure that we include everybody and that we are not, you know, talking about diversity while we exclude somehow our parents or people that are maybe, you know, been raised in a very different way. And so they have a hard time really to understand those, those concepts. Uh, even if this concept, I've been here for a very, very long time. So, <laughs> uh, so thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe we'll have the occasion to do another podcast one day together. So thanks for joining the conversation today. That'd be great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. See you. You've been listening to the Sanctuary Podcast. 
Thank you so much for listening. Remember, we're a source of talks about spirituality, personal transformation, energy healing, shamanism, and earth-based practices. For more, visit thesanctuaryheal.com. On the website, you can find out about our events, our retreats, healing offering, our spiritual blog, and you can also register for the newsletter. Again, visit thesanctuaryheal.com. Till next time, this is The Sanctuary Podcast, and Angel Deer, signing off.